Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hi-ho, everybody, and welcome back to D-Plus Us Weekly, the show where we talk about shows exclusive to Disney+. Plus. I'm one of your hosts, Griffin Tanel, Griffin D-Pad, and with me as always is the wonderful, the amazing Mr. Mitch George. How are you doing? You know how I was really down and sour on Mandalorian the first few weeks of this season? Are you back? I'm back, baby, with a vengeance. Let's go! That's right, folks. We are talking about Mandalorian yet again. Chapter 21, The Pirate, directed by Peter Ramsey. Of course, folks, this is going to be full spoilers for The Mandalorian, for Star Wars in general. So if you have not seen the episode, go watch the episode and come right on back to hang out with us as we talk about this episode. Remember, folks, if you're listening on podcast services, go and check out our YouTube channel where we have video content of all this and more trailer reacts, stuff like the podcast hopefully more coming soon to be determined whenever i can actually get around to editing things slash writing slash filming slash creating assets but, but there's a lot of there's a lot of parts when it comes to video creation. a lot going on <laughs> um but yeah keep keep an eye on, out on our youtube and our tiktok as long as tiktok lasts um speaking of hey if you're in the u.s go talk to your congress people about this ridiculous ban that is just internet censorship Talk to them, please. It's freaking ridiculous. Um, moving right along, let's jump right into the show. Mitch, normally I ask you what you think of the episode. No, I'm going first this week. I loved this episode so much. This might be the best episode of Mando we have had in such a long time. I... See, that's hard. It's hard for me to put that qualifier on it just because I know like the finales for season one and two were just so hype. It's definitely brought me back. Uh, I know I was a little, like I said, I was a little, a little harsh in the last few episodes, but this one was, oh boy, it, it did what I was expecting it to do at the end of the season of tying back a bunch of these plot threads together. We got Coruscant, we got more of that political entry, we got the Mandalorians doing Mandalorian things, we got dogfights, we got, we got friggin' everything in this episode. I'm so ready for more. We got plot points that are being furthered with foreshadowing and you know cliffhanger that cliffhanger ending oh my and we got cameos we got, we got not only we got cameos, arguably the best live action cameo we've gotten yeah we thus got the far best in this one show so far in mando frankly to me at least even better than luke in Madeline? which is we finally see zeb zeb is alive and live well. Live action Zeb. Knowing Zeb survived the imper- what the Imperial War. I don't know what it like the, the actual rebellion? just whatever. Yeah, the, whatever the original trilogy's war is. The the, the 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 war. Whatever the war was. The episodes war. four through six. He survived that. He made it through the Star Wars into a new a new Star Wars. I guess. He's there. He's in live action, and I'm so happy to know one that he survived, and two that I mean they didn't build that CG model for nothing. Zeb is, we're not done with Zeb. I mean, we know also, that Zeb like, has ties to another character we're getting a series from cough, cough, shortly. Cough, cough. I think Dude, we're it's get all that. intertwined. Getting, it's all so ridiculously intertwined. Honest to God, with where this episode went, I'm fully expecting Sabine to show up in the next episode. Or in episode at some point, I can see. Like, well, given where we leave Bo-Katan here, I mean, it would make sense that she goes and reaches out to everyone, and that would include Sabine. 
true. And the Sabine will obviously say, hey, no, I'm off to go find Ezra. Like, yeah. we're all just assuming that that's what the Ahsoka series is going to be about. Because, guess what? That's what the Ahsoka series is going to be about. <laughs> Live action Thrawn, baby. Cannot wait. Oh, no. This was, it was so fun. I love seeing them, though. Anytime we get Rebels love, I'm so happy seeing Steve Bloom back in that role. I love that man so much. Like, he's one of those people where any moment if I hear his voice, I recognize who it is immediately. Okay, like, so I've done a little. I've done a little bit of research, and it looks like uh, at least Wikipedia refers to it as the Galactic Civil War. The Galactic Civil War. I dig that. But no, like, lasting from four BBY to five ABY. And if you don't know what that means, you're not as big of a nerd as I thought. Like Steve Bloom, it's motherfucking Spike Spiegel. Yeah. It's Spike Spiegel, Wolverine, yeah. Green Goblin, Ghost Freak. If you know who Ghost Freak is, you rock. <laughs> I do not, so I I do not rock. You do not rock. It's, you suck. I love just Filoni. Like, the man is, I don't get it, but it works every time, and it gets me every goddamn time. The casting of Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka was really good because, you know, the translation of Ashley Johnson to live action for the role might not have quite worked, and they figured out a way to do it. Zeb, using the same voice actor, makes so much sense with the character being CG, which we were talking a little bit before we hit the button, and it was a little odd to have a Star Wars alien be CG'd. I mean, I don't, under, I don't think there is a way to practically put a Zeb together that looks reasonable in live action, so I understand why they went that route. But just having the juxtaposition of Zeb in the episode and then uh, Gorian Shard, played by Nonzo Anozi, who we talked about a couple of episodes ago, the Pirate the pirate King, having that be a practical alien and this not was a little odd, I guess, to me. Yeah, it, uh, was, um, it was definitely yeah. a sight. Like, I, I think the CG still looks really good. Um, I want to throw I, that no, out I there. No, I think it looks good. It it's does just, look a little I wasn't in that expecting moment, it. Like, cause, yeah. because this is a show that's so heavily rooted in practical effects. And then when they do do the CG, it is typically more background stuff. It is their environments. It is using the, the volume the way they use the volume. Which is, frankly, still the best use of the volume is in Mandalorian. And I don't think any show has really been able to nail the volume the way the Mandalorian has. Which is, no. you know, props to Filoni. Props to... um. Favreau and all of their army of directors at this point <laughs> or sorry it's just, just the, the uh, hits keep coming and they don't stop coming it's really just the republic the new republic army at this point with all the cameos but yeah. now this but actually talking like about the story of this episode in particular like I still I really really love this like getting this view of like okay the pirates are coming and attacking like we got the pirates back like I asked that as soon as they were appeared so happy we immediately got them back seeing like the little bit of that political intrigue with Coruscant with the New Republic of oh we're not going to help them because they haven't signed on with us which is the most imperial decision that they could possibly make in that situation seeing more with um with Aliyah Kane there to bring it back to being like hey I can't do anything about this Mando Go save your damn friend. And then to bring it into the politics of the like the Mandalorian cult 
of, hey, I don't like the guy, but he saved my son. I need to help him. I owe him a blood debt at this point to come in to have the, like the, some of the best action we've gotten in the show. Having even more awesome dogfights. Actually getting to see the Mandalorians be Mandalorians for the first time since, I think, uh, probably Rebels, maybe Clone Wars. Like, really awesome. And then the way it sets things up for the future, both with Bo-Katan's mission, as well as the cliffhanger with Moff Gideon. Where we all knew this was eventually leading to something with Moff Gideon. It kind of has to with those first two seasons. It was just such a beat-for-beat perfect episode that was, like, surprisingly well-paced. Like, I didn't feel like it was well-paced while watching it. But as I'm talking through the story, I'm like, no, this is actually, like, perfectly paced. There was a lot here, too. And I think one of my larger complaints or more common complaints from the first few episodes of the season was just nothing was happening. And here we kind of got plot progression on all of the concurrent stories they've been trying to interweave this season. I still don't think it's perfect storytelling by any stretch. I think there's still a lot of holes that need to be, you know, further elaborated on. Or we we still really don't know what that through line is for this season. Is it going to be a betrayal of uh, Din by Bo-Katan to get the Darksaber to rule Mandalore? Is it going to be the armorer turning on Din in some way as well, because that's that's sort of what they're setting up here with Bo-Katan re- revealing her face and walking in both worlds, and they're really trying to establish her as the next leader of Mandalore when they do return to Mandalore. There's this whole idea of, you know, Din having a plot of land to just, you know, chill and be a sheriff and raise the kid. Like... I just want to know where this is all heading and maybe the tease of Moff Gideon and whatever that ends up, you know, becoming towards the end of the latter half of the season. It just feels like we haven't gotten enough to know where we're going. I'm along for the journey no matter what. I'm, you know, diehard Star Wars and I get to introduce somebody who has never seen Star Wars to Star Wars over the next couple of months. And that is going to be very interesting. And I look forward to giving you updates on that here on D plus us and all the other various channels where you and I chat about all things nerdy and star Warsy and stuff. But it's, this is the first time in this show where I just, I don't know what the destination is and we're far enough into this season. I kind of wish we did. See, even then though, like that is something they've done the last couple seasons of like, with season, season two was weird because we knew the villain all the way through. We knew it was always going to be Moff Gideon after how yeah. they set it up in season one. But in season one, Moff Gideon doesn't show up until like the second to last episode of the season. Like he but shows there up is this really in, late. There's still the but there is, threat, but there yeah, exactly. There's a through point from the first episode through to that finale of season one that, you know, there's folks out there trying to get the baby. So we gotta save the baby because the baby is the greatest thing to ever happen to pop culture in the last 15, 20 years. So the baby gotta be safe. We He's don't really that have that out there for what it's worth. Yeah, and I I will fully stand by Grogu is the greatest thing to happen to pop culture in the last 15 years. That's fair. I guess greatest and most influential are two different things. I suppose. No, I, uh, I yeah, think definitely the not, are still yeah, I can't, yeah. I just, I don't think we know what they are yet. And I think that's what's really interesting to me because it could be a couple of things. It could be this yeah. plot with the armorer where I still think the armorer is going to be evil. I still do not trust her. 
In the I don't slightest. trust her at all after that scene with Bo-Katan. Dude, the moment Not when she says, slightest. take off your helmet, I thought for sure she was going to use it as an excuse to kill Bo-Katan. I thought for sure yeah, I didn't that think that's it... where that was going. See, I, I was kind of of the mind when she had her do that of just like, oh, they're, they're aligning here. They're figuring out what the next steps are for this cohort and, you know, finding a way to supersede uh mando as the leader just because he has the dark saber but he can't wield it when so they came out i thought for sure can. that she, she was going to be like the devil in your ear like challenge him challenge him challenge that's him. exactly where i thought we were going and then i looked at how much time was left in the episode like yeah it's not well happening. no i mean like they could still do that of challenge him credits like yeah that's that could have worked they, but they i, I do, do like this I do like this tease and, and understanding to the motivations of, uh, sorry, I'm forgetting the name of the character. So I'm hopping back in IMDb understanding where Elijah Kane is, is coming from the, the, you know, the reformed quote unquote, um, new Republic officer. She was very opposed to intervening on Navarro and there must be a reason. And maybe it was, you know, not wanting to dig into this transport vessel that was found by, uh, uh, Carson Teva and you know keeping people out of that airspace I, or space okay they're not space, planes space. so it's not airspace they're not in the atmosphere it's just space right galactic space like galactic space that's a good way to put it yeah because it's like airspace doesn't make sense because there's no air I think I'm taking right? that from some sci-fi video game but it, it I mean works. Star Wars is sci-fi it's fine mm -hmm. um yeah, it's it, it it's it'll be interesting how her plot weaves in. Like she's a hundred percent involved in this Moff Gideon escape. Oh, absolutely. But it also they're teasing that Mandalorians were responsible, unless that was, you know, um, them staging the crime scene to incriminate the Mandalorians. Which I which could be. I think I think it could go either way. Maybe it's Death Watch. I was gonna say I think it's coming back to the Death Watch. Yeah, and I think it's gonna be Pat Vizsla and the armor having. They are the cult. The, like the Death Watch in in um, Clone Wars was a cult. They're still a cult, and they have made it very clear that this is a cult this this season. Like they have done an excellent job at proving that. Yeah, like they finally get a public space of land, and then they say, "Screw it, we're gonna go somewhere else." No, they took it. Or they took I guess, it, and they're like, okay, now we're going to go take Mandalore and go back to Mandalore. I mean, that's where I expect them to go regardless, now that they know it's inhabitable. And I fully expect the armor to, like, buy into the whole... Um, the hell's their Megalodon-looking mofo called? Mythosaur. That's the one. Yeah. Come on, it's such an like, awesome name. I, it is, but, like, my brain... I am, I am fried today, honestly. Today was a day... I'm covering for, like two people at work and I am not nearly capable of the responsibilities have been laid on me over the last week, but I'm, I'm keeping up. <laughs> I'm delegating, but it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a tough week just personally. So if I seem out of sorts, that's why. Fair. Well, talking, keeping it on, bringing it back. Mando. The other thing about this, that all of this is like with that, with that armor scene in particular is like, it's so foreboding, right? Oh yeah. And this talk of like old Mandalore, the armor, the uh, the forge versus the new forge. The forge, yeah. That. It can go an entirely separate direction with that. Like I thought for sure that was going to be some self-centered thing of this. This existed on Mandalore. This exists through us now. 
you have to stay with us. You have to prove yourself to the cult or something. I mean, it does still feel like it's going that way where they're having Bo-Katan walk in both worlds, quote unquote, but it does feel like, you know, brainwashed cult leader is getting brainwashed cult member to go out and bring more potential cult members to the cult. Oh yeah. This is just cult recruiting. Yeah. Like it's not going to end well for anyone, especially Din, just cause he's got the dark saber. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to do anything with that storyline this season. Like I think they have to, it is such a big deal, but like the way they're building up the story, I'm not sure where it fits in. Like, That's I still true. think it will somewhere. I just I mean, don't it, know it, where. It fits into this plot to retake Mandalore, because ultimately, if the armor is trying to place Bo-Katan at the head of this movement, whatever you want to call it, this initiative to retake Mandalore, Bo-Katan needs to be the owner of the Darksaber, because people will question her leadership if she's not in possession of the Darksaber. So yeah, I do think sooner rather than later, on. we're going to have that falling out, and the ramifications of that will be interesting to follow. Yeah, I guess I'm, my curiosity here is if... Because they kind of implied that she leaves at the end of this episode, just yeah. all good. Yippee Skippy and doesn't have any talk with Din at all about it. When it's like, they're not going to respect her, they're not going to come back with her unless she has that saber, which they extremely heavily imply at the beginning of the season. I'm, they've got a plan. I know they've got a plan. We have three more We just more need to see where left. it goes. Yeah. I can't wait. I love this sh- stupid show. And, oh, man. And, like, it, it's interesting because we're getting to the end of this. We don't know what the next weekly thing is. So we're probably just going to be able to fill our, our content calendar with a whole bunch of regular episodes of this show. So if anyone's out there listening wants to come on and talk about anything on that their Disney Plus streaming service, yeah, hit us up because we'd love to have you on to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. Yeah, we can finally talk about Bad Batch, which is officially wrapped up season two, which we will eventually talk about. Just got to find a guest. I'm, I'm so close to the end. I just, I, I want to watch it and I want to enjoy these last few episodes. My, yeah. uh, my, my, my wife stepped out. She's like, go record, go be a nerd, talk about Star Wars on the internet. I'm like, all right. And if she's not back when I finish, I'm just going to burn through those episodes of Bad Batch while I wait for her to get back so we can watch Ted Lasso. Oh, that is my plan tonight for dinner of like watching Bad Batch, watch Ted Lasso, go back to playing Chia. Great game. Highly recommend it. Massive Moana. I got to download that. That's on PlayStation Plus, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I got to download that stuff. No, but straight up, it it has massive, massive Moana vibes. And it's because the the island is based off of is in the Pacific. Hey, did you see the Dreamlight Valley news today? That uh, April 5th. Yeah. April 5th. Um, next week yeah we'll eventually do an episode about dreamlight valley because uh yeah we're gonna we're definitely gonna expand our horizons and talk about things that's like i want to talk about jedi survivor when that drops have fun with that um i can't talk about that game on the internet right i forgot about that part (laughs) you get guests i'll i'll produce no 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 you and i'll just talk about it we don't have to record no actually i kind of want to do that that'd be fun but we'll talk about that off screen and we'll let y'all know what we end up doing uh, but no, speaking of, we do have an episode right, right now about the Disney parks. We are not just doing content on the uh, movies and TV shows of Disney. We're also doing it on the actual real physical things of Disney. I'm working on some stuff right now. I do want to eventually talk about the layoffs that are happening. Um, Did that episode but, of the show we recorded with Alex Ballant inspire me to book a Disney trip in August? It goddamn right it did. Yeah, I need to know. I, I am financially broken, but it doesn't matter. Going back to the happiest place on earth. Um, 
no. Disney, if you're out there, if you're listening, we love you. Please give us stuff for free because it, your product's expensive. Like, really expensive. Oh, yeah. yeah. One of the many issues with Disney that we have as the anti-Disney Disney podcast, <laughs> as I continue to call us. Um, no, check out our other content, though. We are making so much more content outside of just movies and TV shows. We have so much planned. Please hang out with us as we do that. Bitch, if people want to keep up on said content, where can people find us? D plus us on Twitter, Instagram. No, not Instagram. I still got to do that. God damn it. I got to make a note. Just do that after a show one day. Uh, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, at D plus us on all the platforms. You should be able to find it. Uh, we're always tweeting stuff out. So you can find Griffin at Griffy Pad. That's G-R-I-F-F-I-D-P-A-D. I'm at Mr. Mitch George. Links at MitchGeorge.com. Um, yeah, just click the subscribe and the like and the thumbs and the hearts and whatever it is on whichever platform and be here and hang out and interact with us because that's what it's all about. It's about talking with you, talking uh, with you, Griffin, about all this stuff and then, you know, getting to interface a little bit with this little community we're forming to, to chat about all things Disney. Yeah, having this fun little positive community on our corner of the internet is always wow. Well, that's that that that's uh, that's bold of you to assume that I bring positive people to this podcast. You don't. But I somehow turned them positive, and I don't know how it happened. You try. There are a few. There are a few. There are a few. Be difficult for you to crack. You're gonna try. I know you are. I've cracked a couple of them. I've gotten to some of them. Yeah. Now, nah, folks, we will be back next week with another episode of The Mandalorian. Go check out our other stuff. But until next time, bright suns, and have a magical day. <laughs>